Inside Chicago Government. ShyGov.com. Welcome to another in a series of interviews about and sounds of Chicago government. I'm Dave Gloetz. In this episode, we'll listen to excerpts from the February 1 meeting of the Chicago City Council. In our audio, you'll hear about recently proposed tax increment financing for a project along Lincoln Avenue on the north side and how it might represent a lack of transparency in how such funding gets approved. That's in the standard version you're about to hear. In the premium version of the episode, which you can get by subscribing at shygov.com, you can hear the latest in the effort by Norfolk Southern Railway to expand its Southside Rail Yard in Englewood. You can hear a local alderman explain why they had blocked part of that expansion and why they've finally given in. Also in the premium version, you can hear a whole bunch of the drama that erupted when Mayor Lori Lightfoot tried to move through the city council a recently drafted franchise agreement with Commonwealth Edison. That drama included the surprise ejection of a resident from the council chamber by Chicago police. All that comes with analysis from me and from my colleague, Chicago Reader columnist Ben Jarofsky. Here's the standard episode. The February meeting of the Chicago City Council took place on February 1. Committee reports began about two hours in. The first committee report was from the Committee on Finance. Among the items the committee recommended for passage was a granting of tax increment financing to a certain project. We'll now hear Finance Chair Scott Wagespack describe it. Item number 11 is a communication recommending a proposed ordinance regarding the authority to enter into and execute a redevelopment agreement with the American Blues Theater NFP and provision of tax increment financing assistance in the amount of $2.5 million for the construction of a theater facility at 5627 North Lincoln Avenue located in the 40th Ward. Unless someone wishes to speak on this item, I move passage by the first most favorable roll call vote of the Committee on Finance report, with the exception of Alderman Lopez, who wished to be recorded as voting no. With that exception noted, no further objections, so ordered. Item 12 consists of the authorization for the issuance of Chairman charitable Wages solicit- back. Chairman Wages. Did you raise your hand, sir? Chair recognizes Alderman Lopez. I am reaffirming my opposition to this item, not because I believe that this is not a worthy or deserving project, but as was noted in committee by a number of members, the issue of priority is something that I take exception to. Projects throughout Chicago seem to have a disproportionately unequal chance at getting TIF funds for reasons yet to be determined. We have spoken at length twice in the Committee on Finance with representatives from the Department of Planning and Development. And I want to thank Mr. Jeffries and Chairman Wagaspeck for getting me an answer from yesterday's exchange with regards to DPD's recommendations for the use of TIF funds. For the members, you should know that this was actually provided to you this morning with three criteria to address what was raised in committee, which was how our determinations made. The three categories that we were provided were a demonstration of need and feasibility, alignment with community plans, and alignment with city goals and priorities. 
While I accept this as an answer for today so that this project can move forward, there are issues that we still have to address with what exactly that means, particularly when we see projects throughout the city of Chicago that have been introduced or applied for years ago, meet all of those requirements and yet are still languishing for a response, while others seem to zip right through in breakneck speed. This isn't just something that impacts my ward, but we've heard about several projects yesterday, and I'm sure if we looked at all of the applications, we would notice that their application dates and their approval dates are not consistent, are cherry-picked for winners and losers by ward. And that is not something that is either equitable or equal. We must do better. Chair recognizes Alderman Vasquez. I want to thank Alderman Lopez, uh, as well as Alderwoman Harrison and others that during the Finance Committee raised up the very real and valid issue about what the process is like when certain projects are moving and certain ones aren't. I recognize that this one is for a, a group that was a theater group that began in uh, the 80s looking to establish its first place and doing the work necessary. So I, I appreciate the alderman also saying, you know, one project isn't the issue. It's about the lack of transparency and accountability in the process. And so I'm grateful for that conversation. And if any of our colleagues seek to work together on legislation to make it more transparent, make it more accountable, make sure people get reporting as to how things are moving and what the holdups are, I welcome it and look forward to working together because I think it's a conversation we have to have in the city when we talk about prerogative or other conversations. A couple things. This project, the one they're talking about funding the American Blues Theater, is in the Lincoln Avenue Tax Increment Financing, or TIF District, which runs along Lincoln Avenue from Foster on the south to Devon on the north. Ben, guess when this TIF district expires? Well, let's see. It probably expires next year. Close. It's this year. Okay. The end of this year. This is for $2.5 million. Does this combination of factors suggest anything to you? $2.5 million? Yeah, it suggests to me that they got to get the money in before it expires. And maybe that's all that's left in there, and they just got to squeeze out the last... Uh... <laughs> Make sure they get all the ketchup out of the bottle. Second thing is Alderman Lopez implied that when the Department of Planning and Development receives applications for tax increment financing, it produces no publicly available documentation for how it evaluates whether to move the project along to the subsequent approval steps. For example, does DPD have a checklist that they go through? Do they have a staff report? Do they have meeting minutes? Over the years, I've found none of these things to show what is the transparency, what is the documentation that the public could access to kind of answer Lopez's question. This particular issue that Raymond Lopez, uh, Ray Lowe, is raising, is just one of the many things that's wrong with it. But he's getting the issue of transparency. The whole point of the program, which was created essentially in the 90s by the Daly administration uh, with Paul Vallis, I want to say, uh, at the Revenue Department, so he had handed this. The whole point of this program is to take a perfectly reasonable method of financing a risky business venture in a blighted neighborhood 
and turning it into a ceaseless source of slush, which the mayor controls. So if you want a ceaseless source of slush, you have to do a couple of things. One, you have to conceal the fact that it raises taxes on people. And two, you want to keep away from people any of the details about how the slush is made, if you will, or how it's getting distributed. There was a point, Dave, at some point that the planning department, I believe it was at the end of the daily years, would put a, a plan report on its website for the, the Community Development Commission. So at every Community Development Commission meeting, follow me in this, ladies and gentlemen, that's a mayoral appointed body that gives a recommendation on TIF requests. They give a recommendation, their advisory group, essentially, for any TIF district or any project. At every Community Development Commission meeting, a representative of the planning department stands up and reads a report. The report essentially says, we absolutely positively need this TIF deal or this TIF district. This is why this project wouldn't get funded without it. Please approve this. For a while, Dave, they were putting those reports on their website. Now, I noticed they stopped doing that. I'm not sure why. So Raylo is absolutely correct. And by the way, it was a wholly inadequate report anyway. It wasn't like an objective analysis of the request. Also, it did not address specifically what we're talking about, which is what process did the Department of Planning and Development go through to decide to advance a particular project within the TIF district? Yes, those staff reports, which are actually available if you look, if you know where to look on the Community Development Commission web pages, you can find the staff reports, but those are produced after the approval. But we don't know, like I said before, we don't know what is involved in the approval. There's no documentation of that. The staff reports are essentially saying, here's why this is good. We don't see anything about the ones that they reject. Here's why this one is bad. Or these were some of the things that we weighed. Like it's five on a one to 10 scale in this particular criterion. If that report was to do what you just said and what uh, Raylo wants it to do, and explain why the TIF award for the 40th ward is getting pushed ahead of some TIF proposal from the 15th ward, which is on the south side, that would get at the heart of the inequity. And then you would have to start asking questions about how is this fair that, like, for instance, Lincoln Yards is the beneficiary of a $1.3 billion TIF district for one area on the north side, Whereas many wards on the South and West sides don't get the same amount. So what he's talking about is getting, it's sort of inching toward the inequity issue. And the city cannot have a conversation about that without acknowledging that this is a very unfair program. This is no way even remote. If you say that this is our chief economic development program for the entire city of Chicago, then you have to justify why it is that Brian Hopkins ward got $1.3 billion and Raymond Lopez's ward, which probably needs the tip dollars much more than Brian Hopkins gets, I don't know, less than a million. That's all we've got for the standard episode. If you'd like to hear the full-length premium version of the episode, including material not heard elsewhere, please subscribe at shygov.com. Or if you're already a subscriber, log in at shygov.com Go to the Chicago menu and choose City Council. As always, listeners, we welcome your comments, questions, and suggestions for future interviews. Using email, you can get those to us via comment 
at shygov.com. Using Facebook, go to facebook.com slash insidegov. That's insidegov. And on Twitter, find us at chigovt. I'm Dave Glowatz. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening.